0: The priest is to put on his linen garment with his linen undergarments on his body. He is to remove the ashes from where the fire has consumed the burnt offering on the altar and put them beside the altar. Leviticus chapter 6 and verse 3. meaning in the little everyday things that we do, the many things that we do quite often without thought. How do we find spiritual meaning? How do we draw into the experience something that is holy, something that is beautiful, something that speaks to our hearts and our minds in a way that says we're not just wasting our time or doing the same repetitive action over and over and over again? Well, you might be surprised to find that the Word of God has a lot to say about these little repetitive actions. So we're going to consider that as we look at, well, a seemingly unrelated uh, text from Leviticus that will tie into what I think is a beautiful way of understanding those little moments and lead us to a greater understanding of how the Lord is glorified even in those little things as he ordains our steps throughout the day. Let's read from Leviticus chapter 6. Now, I know you're all super excited because Leviticus is everyone's favorite book of the Bible, of course. But I want to read just for a little bit of context. From Leviticus chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, and I'll conclude in verse 6. This is concerning the burnt offering. As the Lord says, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the Torah, the instruction of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall remain on the hearth atop the altar all night until the morning, while the fire of the altar is kept burning on it. The priest is to put on his linen garment with his linen undergarments on his body. He is to remove the fat ashes from where the fire has consumed the burnt offering on the altar and put them beside the altar. Then he is to take off his garments and put on other ones and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar is to be kept burning. It must not go out. Each morning the Kohen or the priest is to burn wood on it, laying the burnt offering in order upon it, and burning up as smoke the fat of the fellowship offerings. Fire is to be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. When we look at this, this is an amazing sacrifice, the karbanu, the burnt or ascending offering that goes up before the Lord. But there is a very important task that must happen in order to keep the fire burning, the offering burning, and make sure that it is completely consumed. And that is the cleaning of the ashes. Can you imagine, you're a priest, you've studied the intricacies of the priestly service, not only at the altar, but of the washings and the holy place and the uh, the details of Yom Kippur, of the Day of Atonement. You understand how to offer each offering, each sacrifice that comes through. You know precisely how to do it. And yet your job for that day is to remove the ashes from the altar it's really to stir them up, to take them off with the shovel and set them beside the altar and then to carry them outside the camp. That's your job for the day. It might seem that that is you're maybe a bit overqualified for what the Lord has called you to do. But in reality, it is a very important task that you're doing. These programs are usually And I should say, welcome to Messiah and Life. Um, Messiah and Life uh, podcast is usually uh, recorded on Wednesdays when I'm here at Messiah Congregations building. And over the course of the morning, we start with a men's study, a men's uh, get-together. We have a time of study and prayer before the Lord, and then we go off to our day. And I begin to do the tasks around the building, office things, and other little things that come up today i happen to be changing batteries and light bulbs and taking garbage out and making sure other garbage was where it needed to be moved and setting things aside printing things up for people so there was a lot of little things that were going on as i'm wandering around the building getting uh, getting the space set up for service on shabbat and also for our yeshiva study this evening so a lot of little things that well seem unimportant but for each thing That they're being prepared for. They're very important. Those seemingly mundane tasks. Putting batteries into remote controls for the (laughs) air conditioner. That's a very important little task. But one might say, "Eh, maybe you're a little overqualified for that. But if we understand what we'll be talking about today, we see that even in these small tasks, there's beautiful... Uh, revelation of God's holiness and purpose and presence that can come from that. And even if you are the one who was called to remove those ashes, there's something beautiful that the Lord has for us. So as we read from Leviticus 6.3 and then 1 through uh, 6 as well, the entire process of the burnt offering that would ensure that it was consumed correctly Came down to how the altar was cleaned, how it was tended to, even in those little details. I to think he puts on one garment, he takes off the garment, he puts on another garment, he removes it, he takes. But in all of that, in all of that procedure, there are thoughts that go along with it. So let's unpack this just a little bit. There's a tradition in rabbinic Judaism that when one arises and begins to put on his shoes, that he should tie his left shoe before he ties his right shoe. Now, some people might find it difficult to believe that there is some type of holiness or that the Lord would concern himself with how we tie our shoes. But there's something deeper being communicated through this tradition because it draws our attention to something else. So in most religious traditions, there's a sharp distinction between holy service and ordinary living. But in biblical faith, we don't find that type of distinction being made. Rather, we find in everything that we do, as uh, the Apostle Paul tells us, in whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. In everything that we do, and as he says in uh, Second Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians, do everything as unto the Lord. So do everything, word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to the Father through Jesus. Living faithfully, mindfully as to the Lord is a holy act that imbues imbues meaning into even the most insignificant, mundane, ordinary tasks that we find in our life, even tying shoes so why shoelaces? How is shoelace uh, tying your shoelaces a holy act? Well, it's a reminder, the rabbis say, of wrapping tefillin. How? Why? Well, the left shoe, in some traditions, is tied first because the left arm has the tefillin wrapped around it. And the opposite would be true if you were right-handed. So you would tie your right shoe first rather than your left shoe. It's a reminder of a holy act. So as we're tying our tefillin, uh, or excuse me, as we're tying our shoelaces, we're reminded of wrapping our tefillin. It's a reminder of a holy act, an act that is connected to prayer. So even tying one's shoes, ordinary, mundane, do it without much thought, can cause us to be mindful of holiness, mindful of prayer, a reminder that we need to turn to the Lord in prayer. So as we looked at this uh, command regarding the ashes that's found in the portion of Tzav command, that fire upon the altar of the Lord in the tabernacle, in the temple, was to be kept burning continually. It needed to be cleaned in order to be kept burning, in order to not choke it out. Those ashes that that were the results of the offering being consumed had to be removed. So a priest was charged with this duty day and night. And in the morning, as the temple was uh, opening and preparing for the day, as the ashes were placed at the ba- base of the altar in that specific spot, uh, in the uh, in the temple times, there was said that there there was a miracle concerning this. And the Torah it says to take the ashes outside the camp. But there was a miracle in the Holy Temple in Jerusalem that were connected to the uh, cleansing or cleaning of the ashes. As it said that when it went to a specific spot, as the priest poured out the ashes, that had actually disappeared into the floor or the, the stones of the um, Holy Temple. And it actually became, as they would say, the foundation of the temple. So the foundation of the temple was seen as being sacrifice and the ash of the sacrifice, because even the Lord would consume that. So it didn't go to waste. The Lord completely consumed even the burnt offering that was completely consumed before our eyes. So we see that the work of reconciliation isn't just a bloody mess before the altar. It was also a dusty mess it was a messy business all around, but the Lord would consume and take all of it unto himself. But no duty was insignificant. Not, you know, the, the offering of the sacrifice was not more important than the cleaning of the altar because they were connected. If the altar was too filled with ash, the, the sacrifice could not be consumed. Every duty done by the priest was important, even that cleaning of the the ashes. So every act had holiness associated with it. The word ash in Hebrew, deshen, means fat. And it's from the same root as deshanta, which is translated in Psalm 23 and verse 5 as anointed. So this word that is translated as ashes or as fat or as anointed, you know, they're all related. In Leviticus 6.3, the word translated as "ashes" could be, as, as it said in the Tree of Life edition that I have uh, read from here, it says "fat ashes" or "ashes of fat." So, if you recall, the fat of an offering belongs to the Lord. As uh, the rabbis say that the that fat represents the pleasure of the human being, the pleasures of the human being. In Psalm twenty three, that word "fattened" or "anointed." The fattened, I, uh, he anoints my head with oil. It speaks of the care, the choosing, the choice, the recovery, the healing, the soothing of those belong, that who belong to him. So even that act of healing, that act of soothing, that act of choosing, that seemingly insignificant act in our eyes belongs to him because we belong to him. So the ashes of fat, the remnants of what was offered to the Lord, cleared away from the altar, cleared away from the sacrifice. The Lord claims that as his own. The most insignificant waste, that little bit of a remnant in her eyes, he takes to himself. So it's not unimportant It's not discarded. The Lord takes even those things that we see as being insignificant, unimportant, not very inspired, not imaginative, boring, you know, repetitive. He takes that unto himself. So he takes all of it. And then he uses it. We see that same picture as as a ministry unto us. Because he's not just taking the offering of ourselves. And really, as we're consumed, remember Paul says in Romans 12 and verse 1 that we're to be a living sacrifice as we ourselves are being consumed. Even the ash, the remnant of who we were, the Lord receives unto himself. And then he also anoints us, heals us, cleanses us, recovers us, renews, refreshes, protects us, and so on. So we all have these small things that go unnoticed, that we do from day to day, that, they, that other people depend on. Yeah, the, you know. So we do these things that are go unnoticed, but yet others depend on it. And if they weren't done, they would certainly notice, and it might have a negative impact on someone in, their, in, the, in its absence. So there's holiness in clearing away ashes. There's holiness in changing batteries and changing light bulbs and taking out garbage and setting things up. And all of those small things that we do, there's holiness, there's sanctity, there's purpose. And that gives purpose to all of our time. Because, again, we're not doing this for ourselves or our glory. We're doing this as unto the Lord. Not just the great things that everybody sees, the things that you do up front in front of everyone Not just that thing, not the thing that everybody draws their attention to you, but not, not that thing. But even those little things that we think don't matter. So we're all familiar with Timothy, a disciple of Paul, the one who really would follow after him. He was, from what we can tell, his closest disciple He was a young man. He was appointed to leadership. He was groomed and trained by the apostle himself. He traveled with him. He lived with him. And then through the laying of hands, he was recognized as being called and gifted by God in order to walk in the ministry that he'd been called to. We have two beautiful epistles that bear his name, encouraging him and really in us as well in life The life of faith, the life of ministry, attesting to the faithfulness of the Lord and the trustworthiness of the word of God. And we learn something beautiful from this little detail that comes at the end of 2 Timothy that we just kind of breeze over. We don't perhaps think too much about a verse in 2 Timothy 4 that really shows us that there's no work of holy or faithful service that is, not un, that is not important to the unfolding plan and purpose of the Lord. Timothy, uh, or Paul writes to Timothy in 4 and verse 13: When you come, bring the cloak which I left with Carpus and Troas, along with the scrolls and especially the parchments. Think about what he's writing: Timothy, bring my cloak, bring my books, bring my paper when you come. Timothy was anointed. His head was fattened by the Lord. He was ordained. He was set as a man of God. And people recognized that. And he had very important things that the Lord had set him to, leading a congregation of people. And Paul is treating him as if he's an errand boy. Or is he? That would be the question. What is Paul saying? Timothy, my beloved son, Timothy, bring my cloak to warm me. And protect me, my scrolls of the word and the papers for me to write on. Help me in my life of service unto the Lord, to his people, and those who follow after us to his glory. In this this seemingly small request to an anointed, appointed man of God, bring my cloak, bring my scrolls, bring my parchments, because I'm using all of this. As a means of service unto the Lord, and in that service that he did, Timothy furthered the message of the Gospel. We don't know, but perhaps one of the parchments that Timothy took was used to write Titus, perhaps we don't know, but it wouldn't it be amazing to think that Timothy had to collect the very thing, that minor thing that we would just over, hey, you know, go down to the uh, Wally world over here and get yourself some new parchment, Uh, uh, Paul. I don't need to carry that all the way over. What am I going to, you know, I can't put that in my carry-on. What am I going to do? But perhaps that led to the beautiful epistle of Titus being written. So those small things that might go unnoticed, those small things that, we think, you know what, I've done this 10,000 times if I've done it once. When it's not there, we don't know the void that it will create. So with all things that the Lord has entrusted to us, we do it for his glory. Not because we fully understand the purpose of it and recognize the holiness, the sanctity, the fullness of what God has planned for it. But rather because we're doing it unto him. We don't need to know the fullness of what God will do with those seemingly insignificant acts. It may be in retrospect that people look back on those things that you or I have done and say, oh my goodness, how much they loved us, how much they cared, how faithful they were, whatever it might be. But I pray that they would turn to the Lord and say, thank you. And I'm sure when Timothy arrived with Paul's cloak and scrolls and parchments, he said thank you and then he went on to the work of ministry that he was called to so friends it's not that we have to find meaning in what we do we can look at the ashes we can look at the shoelaces we can look at the garbage we can look at the light bulbs we can look at the batteries and see nothing of significance Or trust that if the Lord has included this in our day, it's significant to him and to those who will receive the benefit of it. So whatever you do today, it might be something small, it might be something that no one else will notice, but the Lord will. So do it faithfully as unto him, from tying your shoes to remind you to pray, to moving on, to making sure that the house is cleaned up, the office is spiffy, the things that need to be set in place are set in place that we reach out to those that are around us those who need a little bit of encouragement that we study the word in order to have a word in season for others whatever it might be it may seem meaningless pointless to us but the Lord did not waste this time in appointing it to us so I hope and pray friends that there was something of meaning in this little message today that will help you along the way and will encourage you as we go through the day-by-day things that no one wants to do but we know have to be done and know that he has chosen us to do it and that should give us great encouragement and blessing because we're being faithful unto him amen Friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for helping the podcast move forward by liking, sharing, letting people know that it's there as a resource and that maybe it will bless you or bless them or bless someone along the way. So I hope and pray it's been a blessing to you and I pray these blessed words to you. Yevarecha b'shem Yeshua. May the Lord bless and keep you all. In the name of Messiah, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll see you next week. Amen.